following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. are back with another edition of The Intentional Foul. Josh and Dan with the weekly podcast. How's the NBA one coming? We're getting there. Gotta <laughs> Taking a while. Still trying to put some, some, things. some things together. Well, it's hard to when you don't have a lot of time during the week with all these games we're getting into now. And Yeah. Uh, Full swing. Yeah. Is the, are things spaced out more in the front of the season because of football and then does it kind of condense up? After things are no. done in the NFL or anything, yeah, no, they don't really change the schedule much. It's just you know once football kind of starts to be over after Christmas, the NBA kind of takes over the weekends. Sure, um, but have, have the Bucks played back to back a whole lot? Uh, Whether one, it's home and home once or, or twice, okay. but they cut that down you know big time. Where I think you know every team in the league's only doing it like three or four times a year now as oh, really? it used to be like 10 or 12 times a year. Well, so. I just noticed that the Bulls played last night. I think they were in Miami and they and they lost and then they played tonight already at home and I was like it's a quick turnaround. I don't really recall that happening with the Bucks this season at least. Yeah, when they, we were on the I air. know it's happened once, but yeah, I don't know. I've never thought the back-to-back was as big a deal. It's 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 the city it's the city jumping. It's sure. like if I play back to back in Milwaukee, it's not that, that, that big, that's a, not deal, a big deal. But if I'm playing in Milwaukee tonight, and then I got to fly to New York to to play tomorrow, you know that's where the scheduling sure. doesn't really make a lot of sense. But all right, we are back in Studio B. Thanks for uh, having my two little interns run around. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. They they were excited to come to Dan's house. Uh, they wondered what the Christmas decorations and how many lights you would have uh, outside. None. <laughs> that's what I had. A to- porch light. <laughs> Look, look at that. That's all you it's need. It's really nice. It's yep. really bright, but they they saw some stuff down here. I came so. home the other day, and there was a wreath on the front door, so there you go. Very Christmas. There you go. Okay. Perfect. All right, we got a, we got some stuff to run down uh, this week. We'll obviously spend the bulk of the time on uh, the NFL. We'll talk Wisconsin uh, football and hoops. We'll dip, uh, dip into some Marquette as well, and um, you'll give us the Bucks report. And then stuff continues, I guess, Second hand happened to the Brewers by way of guys that used to be with them and yeah. are coming back, and we'll uh, we'll try to get a hold of uh, Eric Schmolt, Janesville Gazette sports editor, and talk a little high school and see what's happening. They just had another round. I did notice of teams that requested uh, competitive relief from their conferences, and Delavan Darien was really the only area school that wanted to get out because apparently they're having a really tough time competing against the teams of their conference, and it's affecting their numbers. And as Mr. Schmolt tweeted out today, it just becomes a vicious cycle. I mean, it's one of, I mean, in a world of cupcakes, it's one of the softer things I've seen in a while that, you know, it's just too hard. It's just too hard. Well, life, it, life is life, and competing is just too hard. So make it easier for me. It seems like when when you say that you're having problem, I interpret it as if you have if you're having problems fielding teams and you're having problem with numbers. I interpret that as well, your enrollment's going down. There's not enough kids to go out. That's not the problem. There's enough kids 
They're just not going. Yeah, in. that's a you problem. That's yeah. not a me problem. Right. So solve it yourself. Don't involve everybody else in it. I don't know how they're possibly going to do it's that. It's amazing. So. All right. Uh, you want to jump into a week ago Thursday, Bears and Cowboys. Yeah, and we basically saw none of this because we were over at Parker doing right. the Craig Parker mm-hmm. girls game. Um, Turned out to be a good game for your Bears. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Cowboys just, they're they are a dumpster fire. Really? I, I, I mean, it is. I just, yes. you know, I... I I can't stand them or Philadelphia particularly, and one of them is going to win the division. I guess I hope it's Philadelphia because I'm just – I'm so tired of of having to listen to the media pump up this Cowboys roster of, oh, Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper and Dak, and they're so dynamic and they're so good. No, they're not. They might be dynamic. They're, They're fine. They're not good. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper's a dime a dozen. Dak Prescott's the 14th best quarterback. And Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, he's a good running back, but who cares? Running backs don't win you Super Bowls. So um, the Bears, you know, uh, had one of their better games of the year from from everything I, from the little bit I saw and from what I read. Um, You know, Trubisky had his best game of the year, 23 for 31 for 240, three touchdowns and, uh, 63 rushing yards and a touchdown as well. So, um, you know, kind of nice to see him. The last couple of weeks, he's kind of picked things up a little bit and uh, possibly saved, I think he saved his own job by his performance the last couple of weeks going into well, next I mean, year. You, you, I mean, you've got that fifth-year option, and then do you and then do you just give him another year to see how long that he grows before you maybe – Sign yeah, him to an extension? I, I don't think you have to worry about any of that right now. Okay. You know, he's only in year three. Um, you know, so worst comes to worst, you just do what these other teams do and you just franchise him for a year or two and figure it out whether or not you want to extend him. But, right, but then, okay, well, again, you, we don't need to worry about that just no, yet. But I don't no. know why you would pay him that much money to think about whether you want him or not. Because, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a lot of money you're going to have to pay him. Yeah, but it, it also keeps you from getting saddled with cap hits and and the inability to get rid of guys later. That's that's True. the thinking. So, okay. But, you know, him and Nagy, this little resurgence that the Bears have had the last month, um, you know, getting them back into playoff contention. I mean, they're not really a they're, – they're in the mix. I mean, they'd have to win out and they'd have to have a lot, a lot of help, help for them to make it. But, um, you know, they can at least – point, you know, at the end of the year when they go in and everybody gets their evals, they can at least point to upper management and say, look, we started out really poorly, but we made strides, you know, here at the end of the year, and it's something to build on going forward. I don't know if that's reality <laughs> or or so it's, it's a little bit of a function of who they've played, you know, playing a, uh, a crappy but yet semi-desperate Cowboy team, um, but you played a really bad Lion team. Um I don't even remember who they played before that that was pretty crappy as well. So they, they you know, they've had a little bit of help, but um, it is nice to see them kind of at least put something together that kind of, you know, at least it's palatable to watch. Competitive or not, is it weird that it's kind of taken this long for everybody to, and I'm not saying they've, 
figured out a formula or the offense? Is it just kind of weird that it's taken this long for them to like get on track and be like, oh, yeah, this will work with that, and we can do this, and that will be successful, and yeah, okay, I think we're kind of getting into a rhythm here. This is taking a little bit longer than I think most people would have expected. Well, and I think the weird part about it is that the two people that you couldn't get on the same page are the quarterback and, and the, the coach, coach, and they're the two that, in theory, should be spend meeting. the most right. time together. Right. And because he is the offensive play caller as well, you would think that those two guys would be in sync more than anybody else on the team, but that wasn't the case. I mean, the defense, um, when they've had the majority of their guys, has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like Roquan Smith is going to be done for the year with a pectoral Pec injury. injury. Yeah. Um, they've already lost Trevathan, presumably, for the year. Um, Hicks oh. is back. Um, I don't know how effective he's going to be after missing such a big chunk of the season, but, um, you know, well, they got a big one coming up on Sunday against Green Bay. Yes, and, and you're you're feeling pretty good about that. Better than I was a couple of weeks ago. Now, are you feeling good because of Chicago, or are you feeling better because of Green Bay? Both. Okay. Both. All right. Um, we, we can get to that. But, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of – you know, in the limited time that I saw the Bears, that's kind of really all I've got for for them this week. So well, that's, I mean, they're at Lambeau. They get to host the Chiefs, who are coming off a big win, and then they have to go to Minnesota. So, I mean, not only is winning out going to be very difficult, and then, like like you said, you need some help. So, but you're you're not thinking playoffs. No, no. But I think that again, you know, if you if 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 you can go tell your boss that you were in the mix after a oh, yeah. a, a horrendous start, Teams and you getting, can yes. you can point to your quarterback and say, "Look where he was in that Denver game in Week Three to where he is in Week Fifteen. We you can see the you know the trend upward. Sure. It at least give, it at least covers your butt and mm-hmm. gives you a little bit of of rope to play with. Okay. Packers and Bears week. Speaking of the Packers, they played the Redskins, who are awful, and they continually, like they do to bad teams, cannot put them away. And I don't understand why. Um, I, I read a lot of p a lot of tweets from people who rewatched tape. Rodgers hung on to the ball way too much, but well, that's uh, not a new story. No, it's not. <laughs> but uh, he hadn't been doing that as much to this degree for at least a couple of weeks. And I, I read some stuff where people said nobody was open. Adams was drawing double coverage a lot of the time, and a lot of these twos and threes receivers, and sometimes even the fours, can't get open. And that's why Jones had another five or six catches out of the backfield. I mean, I don't. And and they went four tight ends at at and in some spots they had everybody on there, including Tanyan who caught a touchdown. So it's like, I'm just wondering whether the wide receivers. And again, we heard about this a lot in the last two years under Mike McCarthy. They pointed to the wide receivers. Nobody can get open. Is it route running? Is it you know separation? Are they just not any good? Okay, we'll get you three new ones. Here you go. Some of them are in the starting lineup. One of them is the is the three or four. They had to cut a couple loose. Now they got what they want, and still nobody can get open. So what's the problem? Because this is apparently new offense. Did they pick the wrong players? I don't know what's happening. Because these are teams they should be shredding. You get up by a couple of scores early, and then you can't slam the door. And I don't understand why. I don't really think the offense went necessarily conservative. I mean, Jones really turned it on in the second half. Um, but I... I you know, 
And even Rodgers said in, after the press conference, I'll win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. Oh. Well, but you won't, though, because you're not good enough. Right. You can't win. You're not going to win ugly against no. against the Saints or, or the Niners, no. especially if to play one of them on the road. And I think in two weeks when they go to Minnesota, they're going to get boat raced out of there. It's possible. I, that's, I mean, if you show up like that, that's what's going to happen on their play in, in their place. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's a weird. And you're playing against a gimpy quarterback. Yeah, I mean the Redskins are they're a joke. The last two teams you've played in the Giants and the Redskins. I mean they're the yeah. two, they're the two worst teams, teams in, the in NFC. a bad division. Oh, they're the two worst teams in the NFC. So um, you know, even even last week, and we talked about it a little bit. There were some people that were disappointed that they didn't beat the Giants by more. Um, I was. Wondering. I don't really. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal with this this team is. I don't know if it's, you know, I saw something the other day that was interesting where, and it's a criticism that I've had of Rodgers. You know, everybody likes to throw out the, and they were they even brought it up the other, yesterday in the game, that he's only got like two picks, two interceptions, right? Okay. I always look at that, and, and I'm not doing any research on this because I don't care. <laughs> I watch the game and my eyeballs are good enough. He doesn't seem like a guy that throws into a risky situation. He'll, he'll saw, do it a couple of times where everybody will go, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. Right. But you don't see it to the degree that no. you used to. And and I saw something online the other day that said, like, he's thrown the most into, like, a double-covered situation of anybody in the league. I find that hard to believe just because I've watched these games. Um, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if he just throws it at a guy's feet to get get rid of it, does that count? I don't know. Um, but I think... You know, when he was younger and he had a little bit more dynamic receiving core, I mean, I don't think anybody would argue with that when he had Jennings and Jones mm-hmm. and Nelson and those guys, he seemed more willing to try to throw guys open where now it's more like if they're not open, I'm not throwing it, or then it's the receiver can't get open, um, you know, Magic Johnson was famous for years in basketball with doing that, and and guys like Favre and Rodgers and some of the great quarterbacks in football has always kind of been, you know, they know you're open before you do, and a lot of times they're they're delivering the ball and your head isn't even turned around. Perfect example that's just going through my mind. How many back shoulder throws have we seen? Not this many, year? and that was kind of a staple of him. That was over his the thing. Years. Like they're not even out of their route yet, and he's got the ball where he knows they're going to go, they're going to come back and turn around, and there's going to be the ball. And is that a is that an uh, a change, a, a a noticeable, on purpose change in the offense and the play calling that has been implemented by this new staff. Is it a throw that he's not comfortable making anymore? Who knows? Um, All he talks about is his confidence. I really like this guy. I really like this guy. I really like this. well, if none of them can get open, then what do you like about him? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just. I'm just curious. I mean, okay. Jay are the Kumaro, God, I like that guy. He's got great hair. Well, he's just can't get open, but he's got a hell of a hair, dude. Tall. Well, he, right now we can't even get on the field <laughs> because he's busy throwing to jo- Geronimo Allison, who either drops it or fumbles uh, it after he catches that it. That was that was priceless yesterday when he did that. I did that one. They ended up calling him down, right? Yes, which is kind of a joke, but that's. But yeah, it's what, like regardless, like guys that keep running sideways, it's like, dude, just go down. I've, There's I've, like nine guys coming behind you. Never, never understood that. But so I, I, I just wonder. Okay, well, what do you like about them? Because clearly, most of the time, it's not translating to a lot of success on the field. So what's to like? Mm-hmm. 
You know, you don't want to go get younger guys. You don't want to go get newer guys. You want to roll with the guys you have. Well, if you're not producing to nearly the level that you have been or you should be, then what are we liking? What, what you just, you, you really like being in the huddle with them? It's a good time? I, I don't know. Well, this team is kind of, other than probably the 49er game and maybe the Raider game, so getting blown out and blowing a team out, they've kind of played to the level of their competition all year. Yeah, um, you know they haven't they haven't stomped the bad teams, and they haven't had their butt kicked by what you would perceive as good teams, which is kind of few and far between on their schedule. There's not many. But it's, there's not many in the whole league, really. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I think the Bears are going to beat them Sunday. Yeah. I think the Packers are. Right for the picking, I think they are one of the weakest number two seeds I've ever seen. I, I mean, the fact that they're number two in the in the NFC right now is uh, kind of hard to believe if you've watched a lot of these games. Mind-boggling. Um, it, it's a little bit of a, an indictment on, on the rest of the conference because it's so top-heavy. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, you know, if, if, if the Bears can run the ball – next Sunday. I think the Packers are in trouble. And I think the fact that they're they've finally and just to go back to the Bears for a minute, loosen the reins on Trubisky's scrambling. I mean he had sixty yards rushing against the Cowboys. And I heard Aikman and Buck when I did get home, they said they specifically asked him about that in their in their meeting, like, you know, are you do you want to run more? And he's like, Well I don't necessarily want to like you know, have designed run plays, but like when things break down, yeah, I would like the freedom to be able to scramble a little bit. They were doing some read option stuff. That's how he scored his touchdown. And that's kind of the guy that the Packers have historically really struggled against. These guys that there's um, the threat of being able to move around. And now with um, one of the Smiths, um, Zadarius or Preston, Zadarius with the hamstring injury coming out of the game, Yesterday, don't know how serious that is, but you know, if if all of a sudden the Packers don't have that high pressure pass rush, keep uh, in the pocket. I, I don't know I, that defense. I mean, even yesterday they gave up a lot of yards on the ground to old ass Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching that game and I'm sitting there like, how old is this dude? I mean, him and Frank Gore, mm-hmm. they just won't go away. No, and they and they keep and they keep performing. Which is which is mind boggling to me. It's, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't understand how the. I'm, but that's yeah, that, that's a whole other topic. Crazy. But so it's Packers Bears week. I can't remember who who the Vikings play. But and and that's another thing that I I I don't know that I don't know that they're going to lose to the Bears. But I don't like the fact that the probably biggest game of the season is right after that. Yeah, the only thing, and we'll get into it, I got all the games left for the contenders. The Vikings have maybe the toughest schedule left of anybody. Um, so we'll see. They're right. they're right up there. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, you got anything else on that on the Packers? Or? Not really. I mean, there's just not – there wasn't a whole lot there. I mean, they ran Jones. They threw to Jones. It was Rogers a really boring had, game. Oh, very. Yeah. And, and I kept watching the ticker, and I kept seeing the cut-ins, and I'm like – and I texted you, I'd rather be watching the Saints 49ers. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, I that mean, was the game of the year in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a Packer fan, but this has put me to sleep, and right, right over here we got a shootout. Right. 
I'd rather watch that. I know that's where you know if you if you have red zone or the or the ticket, it's great. But if you're just a regular schmuck like most Americans, and you get stuck with those regional games, I mean, imagine being like a freaking lion. You had to watch that lion Viking game or no. something too. I mean, that's no. equally as bad. All right, playoff picture in the NFC or uh, in in the AFC. Uh, Baltimore eleven and two. They've Road clinched, clinched a playoff berth. Road win at Buffalo. Yep. Uh, New England is still at the at the two spot at ten and three. KC nine and four. Houston eight and five. Those are your division leaders. KC has clinched their uh, the AFC West, so they are in. And Buffalo nine and four. Tennessee and Pittsburgh both sitting eight and five. Kind of uh, those three teams that appear. You know, two of the three are going to finish um, in the playoffs. Somebody's going to get left out. But the interesting thing. Um, so you've got Baltimore, New England, Kansas City, and Houston are your three division leaders as of today. Mm-hmm. New England is 0-3 against those three teams, which Ooh, is interesting. That is interesting. I didn't look at that uh, that deep into the schedule. Good get. And um, Houston and Tennessee still have to play twice, which really? is which is really stupid that's scheduling. That's a bad part. No, that's, I would assume it would be this week and then the last week because they're not going to play them Correct. back-to-back. Right. Right, but that's just kind of a kind of a weird. That's a weird, weird, quirk. weird thing. Uh, NFC, uh, San Francisco back in the number one spot at eleven and two. Packers ten and three. Saints ten and three, and they have already clinched their division, so they are in. Dallas at six and seven. Oh so those are your division leaders. <laughs> Seahawks lose last night ten, so they're at ten and three. Vikings nine and four. Rams with the win over Seattle up to eight and five, just outside. And the Bears seven and six, and the Eagles play tonight, sitting at five and seven. But if they win, they'll be tied with Dallas at six and seven. What are you going to get in with a losing record? So Baltimore, Kansas City, and the Saints are the only three teams that have clinched so far. Um, but I'm, next I'm, week we'll we'll start to see some more teams that are punching their tickets. I'm just so. fascinated by the by the crappiness of the NFC East, and I'm looking at the Cowboys and Eagles schedules remaining. To see who could possibly finish under 500, and right now, I mean, the Cowboys—they have to play uh, at home against the Rams. They got to go to Philly, and then they're home against Washington. While Philadelphia has the Giants at home, they go to DC, and then they are um, at home against Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that we won't have an under 500. Winner of that division. Yeah, I would be. I would agree. I mean, I. I think. I don't know. I because even if they win their six, I mean, they did lose two. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so bad. I. I think that this is another one of those instances where you look at, and it doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, it always raises a red flag. Where it's like, if you want to give the winner of that division a playoff berth fine but they shouldn't get, they, get a they home shouldn't game. get a home game right um especially we, when you've got when you've got teams like you know San Francisco and Seattle duking it out right clearly a cut above anybody in Seattle could go 13 and 3 and get the 5 right that's what i mean pretty silly um if you're you know and congrats and, you won your division but you suck right if you're really trying to have the best teams in the best position to win which is Apparently, all we care about now, just ask the NBA, then maybe you change it. I personally wouldn't change it because, again, this hasn't happened since, I think, that Seahawks yes. team about, I don't know, seven, seven eight, eight years yeah. ago. That's right. So about once a decade we see it. it but it's, it's I, we, you're, you're not trying to find a solution without a problem. No. But 
at the same time when this happens, you just you have to look at it and you're like, this is dumb. I think it happened in baseball a couple years ago where the Padres won the NL West and they were like 82 and 80 or something. You know, it happens. It's just one of those fluky things. So, right. But, yeah, you look at some of the remaining games. I mean, um, Baltimore, at, uh, they got home home with the Jets at Cleveland, home for Pittsburgh. Two and one at worst. Yes. New England at Cincinnati, home for Buffalo, home for Miami, probably three and oh. Should be. I mean, and that's the thing with the Patriots. That Buffalo they're game. They're not would, good. They'll be, yeah. They're not good. Their offense is awful. But they should be able to beat in Cincinnati in the home against They're gonna Miami. be twelve and four at minimum. Yeah. That yeah, that that Buffalo game could be interesting. You know, Casey Denver at the Bears, home for the Chargers. Who did Den- did Denver just beat Houston? They just blew out Houston. Yeah. So I and that's a team. I mean, Houston's got at Tennessee, at Tampa, and home for Tennessee. Tennessee's got the two Houston games and also versus the Saints. So that could be an offer. Could be. It could be. But but they could also go two and one. So that that's going to be kind of that's that division and you know I guess the NFC East are going to be the two that are going to come down to the to the last game most likely, mm-hmm. but. Um, NFC, you know, the Packers got three division games. The Lions, uh, or not the Lions, the uh, Vikings are at the Chargers and then home for the Packers and the Bears. So you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some there's some things kind of hanging out there. I mean, you know, the Bears, you know, like you said, at the Packers, at the Vikings, home for Kansas City. That's going to be a tough road to hold mm-hmm. if, to, to try to even win two out of those three, but... I'll be interested to see what happens with that with that Vikings Chargers game on the road because LA you never know. LA has been really really up and down, but for some reason that's a really odd place to play for a lot of teams. And I don't know. I mean, Minnesota could very well have a lot of fans there, but I, the thing with the Vikings though, th- this could be one of those trap game that that the the Packers are looking at the Bears while the Vikings got to worry about a road game out west before they get get back on a Monday to host Green Bay. So, I mean, that these are two setup games for both Green Bay and Minnesota that aren't too favorable. Yeah, but I don't think anybody in Green Bay is looking past the Bears. That's because of the rivalry. I think the Vikings, if you look at their, like, they're, they're winning games. They're not beating anybody badly. I mean, they beat the Lions 20-7. to Right, with what, David? Is it David Blau still I think, in? yeah. You know, I mean, Thielen has missed the last six games for Minnesota, which has basically single-handedly destroyed my fantasy season. <laughs> well, that'll never happen again. That's what happens when you pick a Viking. But, um, you know, if they can get him back in the next game or two, um, that that would certainly be a big help for them. All right. Okay, that is, uh, well, we didn't go as long as we normally do in NFL, but we're just kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, here, so. we're kind of just trying to figure this stuff out. There, you know, the two teams that we follow the most, we didn't, wasn't a lot to talk about. Not so. really. No, no, you're right. All right, so let's move to the college football world, and the final playoff rankings are in. Badgers lose to Ohio State on Saturday, even though they they took it to them pretty hard in the first half. And obviously that's the half that I missed. And then I start watching, and then I have shades of Penn State a couple of years ago, and they blow a 14-point lead at the half and lose. Well, it was funny to me watching the reactions of Badger fans, both, you know, on Twitter and, and, you know, on the radio and stuff like that. And 
Um, the it's it's kind of become a pattern with Badger fans now. Every time they lose in basketball, it's guards' fault. Every time they lose a football game, it's Chris' fault. It has nothing to do with the other team. I I didn't think it was it had anything to do with Chris in the second half. I think that Ohio State made and even they even they talked to the coach like what adjustments do you make? Nothing. We just played better. Yeah, and that's why they are where they are and why they have a donut in the loss when, column. When, when you when you a month ago beat a team thirty to seven, thirty eight to seven, whatever it was, and you probably could have beat them fifty five to seven, and now you're playing them in the Big Ten title game. You're you're not a you're not a hundred percent focused. You're just not, and it, and it showed in the first half. The Badgers were ready to go. Ohio State wasn't. Ba- Badgers got a couple of nice breaks. They didn't have anything to lose. And they you know they get that late drive at the end of the first half to go up twenty one to seven, um, and then you know Ohio State does what you expect them to do. They regroup at half. They come out and score, and then you make a mental error. The punter drops the ball. And right when that happened, I knew the game was over because you just you you, you, you can't do that, especially at the college level where it's one thing in the NFL where on most most teams the talent's pretty close. In these games, it's not. I mean, Ohio State's just got better guys, mm-hmm. and when you give them and 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 luckily for the Badgers in that instance, they actually only held them to a field goal. Right, but. That kind of changed the momentum. It, you could tell it really put the Badgers on their heels. Ohio State got fired up. Bucky couldn't run the ball in the second half. They just couldn't get Cohen going again, and it kind of snowballed for them. What they run off like thirty-one unanswered or something yeah. like that. Yep. So I think they scored in like four or five plays to start the half, and you were just like, oh, okay, yeah, I think they're ready now. Yeah, you got their tight end making one-handed catches, oh and I mean, it was just, yep. You know, they showed. And that's who fine. they I mean, are. That's, I, I wasn't expecting them to win. No. I was hopeful at halftime. But, again, all that past stuff just creeps in. It's like you got to hold this team. You can't do it for a half, and you know that they're not just going to go in, well, we're down by 14, let's just fold. I was surprised how superstitious you are. Oh, I, and, and I know, believe me, it has nothing to do with anything. But it's just odd when I look at it and I put myself in those situations and things happen that your mind just starts to think, like, why is this happening right now? Yeah. You know, like this stuff just is way too way too coincidental. I'm not superstitious. I will not not watch something. I will not wear a certain shirt. I won't go through a certain routine. I won't not move from my spot on the couch or a chair. That stuff, you know, whatever. But it's like, it's just really weird. I say I'm not going to watch the game, so I don't. They're up by 14. I come out. They score a touchdown immediately of, of the movie. Like, Okay, well, that's not very... I mean, I, we didn't have the radio on for 30 seconds, and they scored. Yeah. Then we go into the grocery store, like, okay, going to get away from the game for a second, come back out. The Badgers had gone back in front by 14. Okay, and Jane even turned to she's like, you need to stop paying attention to this game because it's you. And it's, it's just... And then we go home, and then we start watching, and then the wheels are off. It's just weird how that lines up with what my activities well, it's, were. It's good that you say that you know that it's not true because don't flatter yourself. Oh, it's, I know. It's, it's like I, it's like when you say, "Oh, this guy's eight for eight from the free throw line," and then he misses one, right. and people get mad at the announcer. It's, it's like that had nothing to do. Ain't got I, nothing to do with again, it. <laughs> I realize that, but just the way that the timelines right are kind of linking up, it's just odd. Mm-hmm. So that's when I just go, "Okay, well." I just need to remove myself from this whole thing. Sure. So that that's all it is. And then they um I 
I was a little bit surprised that they weren't below Penn State in the rankings. Um, and even Herb Street, I, I was looking at Twitter, and he said the committee did not hold it against them for having an extra loss because it was to an unbeaten team and it was in a conference championship. So it, it's hard to hold. And, and then when you look at the body of work in the game and how they took a tomb in the first half, albeit you know what wound up a loss, um, they weren't going to reward them, but they weren't going to penalize them either. Um, and since Penn State really didn't, I mean, they had two losses and they didn't really separate themselves to put them into the championship game, don't penalize Wisconsin for that third loss. Well, and I think I think the Badgers blowing out Minnesota last week and Penn State losing to Minnesota probably factored in as well. Um, you know, you look back on that Illinois game though that the Badgers lost, and I guess it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter Not that right they now. lost because they still end up in the Rose Bowl. No, but but you would think, and I I said this last week on either Wednesday or Thursday, and I I said top ten when I should have said it should have been top five. It should, the Badgers probably would be around the four or five spot if that mm. Illinois loss did not exist. Right. So they would have been looking at a potential playoff berth if they had beat Ohio right. State. If you were, I don't think they would have climbed high if they would have won on Saturday to get if, in. But if you were, you would have been what? You would have been eleven and one with their only loss. With your only State. loss at Ohio State going into Saturday. I mean, I would have thought they would have been right with like an Oklahoma, yeah, or something, or a right. Baylor, or yep. you know, where yeah, if you win, You're, you have a chance to get it, in it, at that four spot at but. least. So, whatever, it, that's that just sucks. Now you're going to uh, Oregon. I remember watching that game in Milwaukee. Um, it was just an absolute track meet, and uh, oh, the game where Brett Bielema didn't know how to work a timeout. <laughs> yes. That's a classic. Yep, that, that was Chris's last game as offensive coordinator before he took off for, uh, for 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 Pittsburgh. That might be the worst coached college football team of all time. Oregon? No, no that, oh, that, that, oh, bad, that, that, Badger. that Badger team. That, that's probably the worst coached college football team ever. With the you have Russell Wilson, John Clay, Monty Ball. And James White, I think, were all on that team. Okay. Not to mention you had Nick Toon. Um, you had an NFL tight end. I can't remember. I, oh, Travis was Beckham? It Beckham. And that team lost three times. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. That's why fat ass Bielema is nowhere to be found. Is he still collect- shoving crab cakes in his is face out in New England? Still collecting his consultant check from getting in arguments with Michael Bennett, Robert Kraft. <laughs> Idiot. So, yeah, um, we don't really need to talk about the, the top four. Bucky hasn't won a Rose Bowl, though, since 2000. Nope. So no, they they've haven't. lost their la- they lost three in a row lost three. early in the decade yep. here. And, uh, yeah, it was the uh, Ron Dane senior year against Stanford was their yes. last their last Rose Bowl win. Mm-hmm. So we, we were we were young. We, I couldn't oh, even man. drink yet. That's how long ago that well, – well, legally. Well, I was just kidding. <laughs> Let's – Let's back up yeah, a little I was, bit. I was dumping beast lights down my gullet like nobody's <laughs> business, but I wasn't buying them, put it that way. Oh, man. All right, so uh, that's pretty much closing. I think there's one college game left, and it's Army-Navy before the bowl season. Okay. Uh, very, very exciting. They play that game in Philly, I think. Yeah. Were you surprised Ohio State got bumped down to number two? I don't think it really matters. I mean... Everybody, everybody is wanting to play Oklahoma. Yeah, if, I would. If, I would rather not team. have to play Clemson. Oh, for sure, because everybody's talking about how they haven't beat anybody. It's like, oh, well, okay, but I still don't want to. They play still a, have a great team. I still don't want to play a team that hasn't lost yet. No, and clearly they the, lost in two years. The, the, there's a recipe 
to beat Oklahoma, and you can you can follow that to a degree. Yeah, you don't really have anything much on Clemson. No, on on who's taking it to them very well. Right. So I I don't know. I I honestly really like really like the matchups. I know um, you're fairly critical of the of the playoff because it's always the same teams. I like the fact well, that well this Alabama's year it's actually a little different not there. You know, you know, and I and I, this could be the best team. I mean, in Ohio State going to be at least top three in, in Ohio State's history um, going unbeaten, and I really think they got a, they got a good shot. But I don't know. That 2-3 that, that, that matchup is very, very fascinating to me. Um, and I think Oklahoma's not, you know, that's just a free pass for LSU. Um, well, I'm not going to say a free pass, but I think LSU, who, whoever comes out of there against Clemson or Ohio State, I think that'll be a, that, that should be a real good game. So, yeah. All right, you want to move on to college hoops? Sure. All right, Badgers, um, they raised their record to 5-4 and four with a throttling of Indiana. They seem to just own them at the Kohl Center. Just own them. Indiana was their first road game. They, they had played eight games, and they were all at home. Um, Boy, that's so nice. That, that wasn't super shocking, and I think Indiana's kind of, man, it, that's one of those things, like, there are a few programs in in college football and college basketball now that like I was going to ask you about that have really in the last fifteen to twenty years have just done a complete one eighty and gone from being powerhouses to doormats. Not as many doormats to powerhouses. I mean, there's a couple, but like, does it bother you that that that? Because Michael and I had this conversation once, and he said the Big Ten is better when Michigan is good and, for football. Yes. And I don't know whether the Big Ten is better. Maybe it's more entertaining, but do you like it when all of these teams that you just mentioned, whether it's football and basketball, do you like it when they are still good, or do you not mind seeing them go into the doldrums for a little bit before a resurgence? Well, I think I I, I guess I like it better when the traditional powers are good because usually if you're, and I know you're big on this, if you're an atmosphere guy, to have the big house full for a monster game versus having where Purdue plays or Northwestern plays full for a monster game, it's it's not even really comparable. You're right. You know, when when Bobby Knight had Assembly Hall packed to the gills um, versus the Cole Center, for instance. I mean, the Cole Center is a beautiful building, and they fill it up, but Badger fans are a little wine and cheesy. It's a lot of it's a lot of old men in sweater vests sitting that's, in the good seats. That is true. I mean, that's really what it yeah. is. Um, you it know, made, yeah. you 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 want Duke to be good because of the Cameron crazies. Um, so things like that, yeah. It's just weird, you know. I mean, why are all the kids in that are like? Why is Butler ranked eighteenth, playing in a building that's like? 90 years old. Why are they ranked top 20, but Indiana stinks? That doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, why is UCLA basketball struggle? Or football, for that matter. Like, it's L.A. It's beautiful weather, beautiful women. Why are you not good at anything? I don't understand that. It's very head And at the same time, it's like, why the hell are Kentucky and Kansas good at basketball? <laughs> I don't like like you're taking these inner room. city black yeah. kids from like Chicago and New York, putting them in the and Bible you're putting Belt, them in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> That's right. Like, and then people are like, "Well, I can't believe that 
Kansas got put on probation for sanctions. They were paying players. Like, how the hell do you think they got him there? Why is some kid from South Florida going to go to freaking Kentucky for school? It's just, I don't know. It's The whole thing is very weird and how some of these programs have gone up and down. Michigan is now 100% a basketball school. Not even close. They've been in two national title games this decade. They have um, they have a famous alumni coach in their basketball program, just as the football team does. I would argue Juwan Howard's a more successful person than Jim Harbaugh is. I think you, while you might be right, I'm not sure that a lot of people are going to recognize that or agree with it. Well, no, because football is a bigger sport right. in general than basketball is because it's easier to follow. Right. But I don't know. It, it's just the way a, it, it stands it, right now. You, thing. The way it stands right now, you're 100% correct. Yeah. But all right. So get back to Badger basketball. So the Badgers, uh, they can't shoot yeah. again at NC State, no. and then they beat the pants off Indiana. Yeah, they go on the road and lose by 15 to NC State, which wasn't a shock. Um, and I wasn't really that shocked that they won by consider. I was a little shocked they scored 84 points against Indiana, but not so much of the, of the outcome. Yeah, they had 40-something in halftime, I think, and everybody was like, this is close to a full game for them. So they're 5-0 and at home, and in those five wins, they're 47 for 120 from three, which is 39%, which is pretty much where you want to be as a college team. Um, and they're four... Non-home games, so you've, I think they've had three neutral site games and one true road game. They're 19 for 95 from three for 20%. So, I mean, that really tells you the story. And, and you know, sitting with John Barry the other day at, at uh, the Parker Craig game, him and I were talking about this. And, you know, th- for this team to be successful, um, you probably got to go, you know, you got to win, I don't know, probably eight of your ten or 11 home games in the conference, and then hope you can sneak a couple out on the road. Um, You know, they're not, you know, Maryland, you've got Ohio State, Maryland, and Michigan are ranked 3, 4, and 5, respectively, right now. Michigan State is ranked 16. They were number one. They've had, like, the toughest schedule in the nation, so they've got a couple losses. And you've got Purdue, who's also receiving votes, but last week absolutely ran Virginia out of the gym, and they're the defending national champions. So, And I saw Purdue play Marquette in a very good game that Marquette ended up pulling out. So Purdue's a legit team. You know, of those five teams, I mean, the Badgers might win twice, maybe? So you got to hope that, you know, Northwestern, they got Rutgers this week. Northwestern, Indiana, um, Illinois. You got to take care of business against those teams, and you have to win at home because you've proven, at least so far, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, you can't shoot on the road. Right. Yeah. So this is a very, very top-heavy league. It's probably the best league in the country this year. Um you know, Ohio State, Maryland, and Michigan, I've seen all three of those teams play. They're all very good. They're all very athletic. Um, there's NBA prospects on all those rosters, and, and especially Michigan State's roster. Um, so, you know, f- for the Badgers to compete with them, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'm not sure how many times they play each team because yeah. the schedule is unbalanced. Correct. Um, but if those games are on the road, eh. I mean, you know, and I and like I said to John, the Badgers always beat somebody at home that they shouldn't beat. So they'll beat one of those teams in Madison. 
Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's going to be really difficult for this team. I mean, you know, you're going to Rutgers on Wednesday. Like that's a must win. Oh God, yes, that's a must win. You do not want to be five and five after ten games. It'd be nice for them to start off two and zero in the conference again. You know, it's two of the two of the crappier teams, but that's who you got to beat. So, um, and that's on we'll when, see. At the Christmas party I was at, uh, had a lot of Badger fans in it at it on uh, Friday, and um, not a lot of excitement for this team going <laughs> forward this year. No, Let, I, let's put it that I way. Can't imagine unless you're really a diehard and you just wanna... even the diehards are just kind of like. like eh. Eh. This team ain't very good. Switch to Marquette. Golden Eagles are seven and two. Uh, they knocked out Jacksonville over the weekend, and then Kansas State. Yeah, I didn't even know Jacksonville was an actual college. I did not either. Um, but yeah, a nice road win on uh, Saturday night down at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas State, the co Big Ten champs la- or Big Twelve champs last year. Um, you know, Marcus Howard again was in foul trouble all night. And thankfully for Marquette, they got some nice contributions from a few other guys. Jamal Kane off the bench had like seventeen and nine. Uh, Kobe McEwen didn't score a lot, but he he he's one of those guys that kind of does everything else. And uh, and Sakara Anum had a he nice game. Scored too. a lot early in the season. He I did. Thought, I thought he had a couple of big games. He did. He had a big game against the Badgers. Um, but I I think the other night I think he might have had like two points, but. Um, just did a real nice job running the show and, and getting everybody involved. Okay. It was a big weekend for the Big East. Um, they had a, pretty much everybody in the league, I think, won. Um, and they also they have four teams in the top 25, Butler at 18, Villanova 20, Seton Hall 22, Xavier 23, and Marquette was like, uh, I, think, I think Purdue was third in receiving votes, and Marquette was one or two behind them. So Butler so. is the highest-ranked team out of the Big East. Right now they are, yeah. Wow. Seton Hall is the projected um, favorite to win the conference, and they were top ten to start the year. Their best guy, Miles Powell, missed four or five games with an ankle injury, so that okay. that that kind of dropped them down. But you know, Butler had a nice home win against Florida. I watched a little of that. Um, uh, Xavier had a had their their war against Cincinnati that they have every year. I mean, that you want to talk about a rivalry game? They they hate each other. <laughs> they fight. And uh, they they came out w- uh, with a win in that one. So, um, you know, both both teams are in good leagues this year, and uh, it's going to be tough sledding for both of them. Um, but I think if either the Badgers or Marquette can just stay in that five hundred range in the league, it's going to give them a chance to make the tournament. They're both probably looking in that seven to ten range. I'm guessing for a seed. Who does but, uh, Who does Marquette have this week? They got nobody this they, week. They, they they're they're off for a week. Okay. I think they have early exams. Okay. So, and we're we're kind of getting into that. The Badgers play Wednesday, and then I think they're, they're off, off for like ten days. Well, they just finished up. I know the first half for hockey, and I don't think they're back until after Christmas. Yeah. I mean, they have a long break in the middle. Both of these teams got a couple of non conference games. I think left. Um, and then, the, you know, once the first of the year Tennessee's, turns over. Tennessee's on the Badgers' schedule. Yep. I, I know that for sure. Yep. So once they All get right. to New Year's, that's kind of when the conference kicks into gear and, and everything starts All rolling. Right. So. Bucks play tonight. They are going for 15 in a row. Crazy. Uh, they're the, they got the best record in the league. And um, I was, I, I mean, I, I wasn't really surprised about the Pistons. I was really surprised about the Clippers on Friday. Were you guys watching some of that? Yeah, when, we had it on. During your party? Because yep. Bear and I did the game, and then we turned the radio on, and they, they said the score, and they were up by 30-plus. And Bear goes, did he say 30? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and then they got it to, like, 39. 
just in the next couple of minutes. Yeah. We were just like, what is happening? It was a pretty big statement week for the Bucs. Um, I mean, they played Detroit in Detroit earlier in the week. Um, I think they've they went 8-0 against Detroit last year, including sweeping them in the playoffs. So Detroit's sick of losing to the Bucs. And that game got very chippy. There was a few. Saw the Blake and Giannis yeah, where, where it, Middleton came over. And look, I, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s watching the NBA, so these little love it's taps, nothing this like is that. nothing. Right. That's this right. is nothing to me. But it was a little unnecessary, and you could tell that they were trying to goad Giannis into something. Um, and he stood up for himself, and Chris Middleton stood up for him. Uh, which was good to see, and the Bucks continued to just own the Pistons, and they pummeled them. Um, I think Friday night was a statement to the league of you. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the Lakers. Everybody wants to talk about Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers. Everybody loves Philadelphia because Joel Embiid's so funny on Twitter. Is that what it is? But the real. The real best team in the league is currently residing in Milwaukee. There doesn't seem to be a lot of big pomp and circumstance drawing attention to themselves with anything other than what's happening on the scoreboard. And to me, that's kind of the way I would rather have it. Like, you don't have to be on social media. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to have a, you know, a diva-ish superstar who delivers and everybody listens to or anything like that. It seems like they just go about their business and clobber everybody. Well, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know how they say dogs take on the personality of their owner? Teams take on the personality of their star in basketball. And Giannis is businesslike, and, you know, he he's just one of these guys that no matter what's going on in the game, he's going to just keep plugging away, keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, um, and you definitely saw that in the Piston game when he was taking a little bit of grief. And and the other thing with this Bucks team, they got a lot of vets. You know, the Lopez's, Wes Matthews, George Hill, Kyle Korver. I mean, these guys have played in multiple playoff series. Some of them have played in the finals. Um, so, you know, and, they, and some of them have been a really, really good regular season team. So it's nice to see them not get up too high, not get too low. I mean, this team won 60 games last year and didn't make the finals. So they understand, I think, that um, home court advantage is important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Right. We showed last year that we can get beat at home in the playoffs. So, you know, sending a message to these teams now, even, even a Western Conference team like the Clippers. Um, you know, Doc Rivers had said, I think, before the game, um, he was in town for to get honored uh, the night before at the Marquette game, and he had made a comment of, like, this very well, you know, we're looking at this as a team that we could see in the finals. Um, Have they gone farther west than Salt Lake? Yeah, they yeah. already played uh, They already played the Clippers once. And they beat them. And they beat them. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George did they not did, play in that okay. game, and that game was very, very close to the end, okay. and then they play in this one, and it's a blowout. So you can't. So that's the thing. Sometimes you say, well, they beat them, but they didn't have those guys. Well, yeah, but they destroyed but, but them. They did them. When they were here and so they which which one matters? Yeah. I don't know. All right, but um, it's it's fun, man. The the depth of this team has really been the difference. Um, I mean, guys, guys like Kyle Korver have barely had to play, which is awesome. I mean, save that guy for March, April. Um, you know, and and Divincenzo and and Brown and Hill and 
Um, they're getting some contributions now from DJ Wilson, which is really nice to see. I think he, I think you're going to kind of see him um, take some of Ursan's minutes here as the season goes along because mm-hmm. it's another guy that's been around. Ursan's been around for ten years. You know, anytime you can get these guys a little less time on the floor, and Budenholzer's done a good job of that. I think Giannis plays the most minutes on the team at like thirty-one. Yeah, which isn't much for he, he, for a star. In the last couple, he's been out by the fourth quarter midway through. Because they're beating the hell yeah. out of everybody, yeah. which is awesome. So um, they got Orlando tonight. Yep. They're uh, Wednesday at home against the Pelicans, Friday at Memphis, and Saturday home for Busy Cleveland. Week. This is a four-win week. Uh, they should win all four of these games. Um, their toughest one is probably tonight. Uh, Orlando's the only one of the four that is currently a playoff team. I mean, they've won four in a row, but the competition hasn't been that good. You I know, don't, I don't remember who they played. Well, you're looking at going, you know, if you have a four and a week this week, you're 18 and oh, and let me just pull this up real quick here. I was kind of glancing at this today. Come on phone. <laughs> um, then next Monday, they're home for Dallas. Next Thursday, they're home for the Lakers. So you got two tough games there. Then you got the Knicks and Pacers, and then you're home, or and then you're on the road Christmas Day. I mean, this is a team that could be looking at being like 25, 26, and three. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And even if you lose to the Lakers and break your win streak, you're only at four losses. They're already right. three games up already on Boston and Miami in the East. You so. want to win that, but when it's loss number four, it's hard to really complain. Right. And if you lose that game, I'm not going to freak out just for the same reason that I'm not freaking out about this Clippers win. It's nice. It's impressive. Uh, but it's December. So All right. Bucks and the Magic tonight. Um, let's go to Major League Baseball where the Brewers... Just keeps getting weirder. Former Brewers continue to sign elsewhere. You had Jordan Lyles go to the Rangers. Two years, eight mil a year seems a little steep for him. I am 100% fine with them not the Brewers not re-signing him. For that price or just not even being back? In general. In okay. In general. Right. I, I thought that he had 11 starts with the Brewers last year that were very good. Um, he's got like 80 starts with everybody else that are not good. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards the 80, 80 being right. more right. actually of who he is. So I'm okay. With okay. That. Junior Guerra went to the Diamondbacks on Sunday, one year, two and a half million. Um, I know you were, you were kind of disappointed that, that they didn't tender him when that happened. And now he for sure won't be back. And the Keon Broxton thing to me, I was, I mean, how many times in his last, Two years with the team, was he up and down from the minors? Lots. A lot. And they Lots. finally said, okay, we did they wind up trading him to the Mets? To the Mets, yeah. yeah. What it kind of tells me is that they know that they don't have a backup for Kane. They, you know, I mean, Yelich can do it, but um, I don't know that they want to have a steady diet of that. I mean, Broxton's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. He, he's a strikeout machine. He's going to hit 220 if he gets any kind of significant playing time. But he can pop some home runs, and he can rob some home runs, which is nice. Um, so I, I, I'm cool with that. I, you know, They brought him back on a minor league deal, which is fine. Um, today, uh, Claudio re-signed with the Brewers on a one-year deal. Okay. So they are bringing him back. Now, this is where, <laughs> this is where the Brewers can kind of bug you if you're a fan. So... 
They go to our, they basically if they go to arbitration or or they offered Gara three and a half million, right? That was what the or that's what they would have had to pay him in arbitration. Okay. In theory, it was about three and a half million. So he signs for two and a half million in Arizona. So you let Gara walk for a million M- bucks. Million bucks. That's I mean, a million bucks is a million bucks. But is a million bucks a lot when you own a baseball team? Probably not. Think so, especially when you just got rid of sixty million dollars right? plus in payroll, and now you're looking at it where you're like, "Well, maybe we could probably do that." And, that that's one of those. Yeah, and and Claudio was in the same boat where he was supposed to be tendered or go to arbitration for a little over two million, and they end up bringing him back for like a million and a half. So it's like, okay, so instead of just bringing these two guys back. You went through this rigmarole to save yourself a million and a half bucks? Like, I don't know. It seems like unnecessary. I don't disagree. I mean, if you were going to, if they were going to do something nuts and go out and sign Rendon or mm-hmm. something and they were going to give him $200 million, like, is that million and a half going to prohibit you from doing that? <laughs> no. No? No. I mean, you know, and it's it's a little bit right. of nitpicking. It's going to come down to that million dollars that's going to put you over the luxury right. tax right. threshold. It's a, and it's a little nitpicky on on my part with that, but it's like no, but if, I, if I it's look, one of the guys that have had success here and he's yeah. been so integral and he does he could do so many different things for you. It's like really one million dollars. Yeah, I just looked at it and I just thought that seemed like a lot of a lot of rigmarole and answering questions for stuff that you really didn't need to. Um. Whatever. I mean, that's that's the way they operate, and yep. we'll, we'll see. The winter meetings are this week. I would expect more activity out of the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it'll be any any kind of blockbuster or, or anything like that. But um, Stearns generally waits and waits and waits for that kind well, of stuff. Well, the weight guys are flying off the board right yeah, now, and, and, and right. It, last, I don't know how long you're going to be able to wait. The last couple of years, the market has been fairly slow. Strasburg got seven years, 250 today Saw from the that. Nats. Yep. Garrett Cole's going to get all of that probably from the Yankees. So the the dominoes are starting to fall, and it always you know when the big guys go first, yes, that's when you start to see the trickle down. Right. The other pieces, um, yep. Rendon, you know, and obviously that's pitchers. Rendon will be the domino setter for the position guys. So, um, but I, you know, usually those guys they don't want to wait, right? You know, like if you know if if you're one of these two hundred million dollar guys, like I want to sign, I want to move my family, mm-hmm. I want to get settled. Oh yeah, of course I got they do. School for the kids. They they can't go starting into a next no. year wondering where all that. I stuff want to meet. Is gonna... I want to meet my hitting coach. Right. I want to know who I'm working with. So, um, I think you know in the next couple of weeks before the end of the year, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these guys start to sign and uh, get a little bit more of a of a shape of what the roster is going to look like. I think. I think with the Claudio signing, they're at 34, 34 or 35 okay. guys on their 40-man. So, But they still don't have a first or a third baseman. <laughs> and they still don't have an entire pitching starting pitching unit yet. So some work to do. All right, let's switch to the high school scene. And we are pleased to be joined by Janesville Gazette sports editor Eric Schmolt, who covers the beat for not only Janesville Parker, Janesville Craig, but a lot of the uh, surrounding area teams. Eric, you are our, what is this, guest number two? Yeah, number two. Second guest of the Intentional Foul podcast, so welcome aboard. It's quite an honor. (laughs) You probably would have been number one, but I had to have Lauren Cox on to talk about how awful my bears were. Oh, geez. Well, he's the one to have on for that. Yes, no kidding. (laughs) 
All right, so we are a couple of weeks into the girls' and boys' basketball seasons. Um, we already had the Parker Craig girls' matchup. The boys is uh, is this week. Are things kind of unfolding the, with all the teams that you expected? I mean, we've seen all of them in action so far. Um, I, I guess, is there any any surprises, or are you a little bit more optimistic maybe than you were when the season started? Yeah, I think I am. Uh... You just didn't, a lot of them, there was just a lot of stuff up in the air and you didn't know, you know, Craig lost, the boys lost a lot. Parker girls have uh, kind of been regrouping. How are things going to go early on? And uh, we've seen maybe a win or two more than maybe I would have expected. And that's been nice to see. I think maybe the thing that we've learned is just no matter what talent level you have, because let's just be honest, there's not, there's not a misty bass out there or something like that. Um, if you play hard, you're going to be in games. And I think that's what's kept um, all, you know, four teams, even at times the Parker girls team, when they've played hard, they've been uh, right in these games, even though they've had a couple of a lopsided ones. Um, when, when you play hard, you're at least going to be in the game. And that's, I think, what we need to see um, from all of these groups when, you know, nobody is necessarily predicted um, most of them to finish at the top of their conference or say, for her predict them to go super deep in the postseason or things like that is at least go out and play hard you know, have, have pride, keep being respectable. And I think for the most part so far, that's been the case. You know, we saw uh, some of the preseason rankings and predictions that the Wisconsin sports had, uh, had come out with. From the boys' side, you had Parker and Craig uh, picked 8th and 10th respectively. Um, I never actually saw a, a girls' prediction, but I'm assuming Parker was probably picked ninth, just ahead of Beloit, and and Craig a little bit more into the middle of the pack. Um, it seems the boys uh, are going to be a little bit top heavy this year with with uh, East and uh, Sun Prairie. Everybody else looks like they probably are going to be on a pretty level playing field night in and night out. I mean, it, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think actually, you probably even. Girls and boys, you could say some of that. Um, yeah, like you said, those teams on the boys' side, uh, there's a couple that you're like, okay, they're, they're the real favorites. But then after that, we kind of got to wait and see how it plays out. You know, I saw Craig and Boyd the other night, and that was a competitive game, if not one that they're going to be sending to the Basketball Hall of Fame or anything like that, or one that people are going to be clamoring for the replay of. But um, it was a hard-fought game, and there was some, there were definitely some good plays. And I uh, like they look like two teams that can be in games most nights. Um, I think it's the same on the girls' side. Madison Memorial on the girls' side is clearly uh, the number, if not the best team in the state. They're one of the top two or three, and they're just blowing people out of the water already. Uh, but beyond that, you know, two through like seven, I think can be pretty close. Um, any given night, it's probably going to matter like who wins the road games. Really, I mean, you see, like Craig go on the road, the girls, and get a win at Verona, which um, is a is a tough place to get a win some some years. So when you win those games, you kind of get a leg up on other teams if you uh, if you take care of your home games. And so I think that's probably going to be the case for the Big Eight on both sides of things this year. You're more connected to the Craig girls team, and I, I know you had maybe said they could sneak in a top four uh, finish. They're they're undefeated in the conference. Uh, so far, and they've got a non-conference game Tuesday night against Oconomowoc. Um, it, it seems to me they've added with the return of some of the some of the um, taller kids with 
um, the ACL injuries last year. Now that they've come back, there's a little bit more of 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 a depth. More uh, balance, too. Yeah, more yeah. balance, more depth benefit for Craig. And it, it seems like they don't have to scramble to get somebody down in the post and keep them out of foul trouble. And they're not as so reliant, it seemed like, on the three ball this year, even though they have a lot of those um, girls that t- that took a lot of those threes back. They just seem, like Dan said, a little bit more balanced. Yeah, a little more balanced, a little more versatile. And they don't even have Cassie Gosvick back yet, so they, they get her back in a couple of weeks. Um, that's going to make this team pretty strong from one through like eight or nine down the bench. And that's something that's uh, kind of been a luxury to have compared to other years. You know, you see like a sophomore like Kate Hummel, what it, maybe a year of experience really did for her and another offseason did for her. I think she's come back with a lot more confidence. Um, and, and then you've got a strong senior class that, that are all like pretty good leaders. They're, they're all hustle players. And you've got a Claudia Fieris that uh, probably is in line to be maybe a first-team All-Big 8 player. She was second-team last year. Once you start mixing that all together, um, good things happen. Um, they've had the benefit of a pretty easy schedule early on, so I would say they've taken care of business so far. And now, you know, Oconomowoc, I think, is pretty good. They get a couple tougher Big 8 opponents from Prairie later this week, and maybe we'll really start to get a feel of exactly where they stand. But so far, so good. Now this is, I think this is our fifth year, our fourth full year and our fifth yep. year of doing games together on the radio. Um, and one thing that we have noticed every single year, but it's it's almost gotten worse the longer we've done this, and maybe you can shed a little light since, since you're uh, related to one of the coaches, Eric. Why can't anybody make a free throw? I mean, in the, in the Parker, <laughs> in the Parker Craig, girls game the other night. Craig won the game by 20 and they missed 19 free throws. I mean, that's incredible. How, what What is going on? I don't, it's, and it's not it's like girls, it's all high school basketball. Yes, yeah, like, I don't, I don't mean to just lay, right. No, like you look up and down the box scores around here. I tweeted out a couple last week where it was like, uh, <laughs> there was a 38 to 35 double overtime game where there were like 50 free throws shot. Like, how do you only still stay in the thirties for both teams when you have that many free throws? Well, nobody's making any of them. Like, I, I don't, I don't know because I know teams, you know, obviously know certain teams work on them. And um, even like the Craig girls have a fundraiser they do where they have to make, you know, they take a hundred free throws and people say, I'll pay you this money for, I'll pay you this much for however many you make. And whenever those things are done, it's like, Oh, they made 92, 91, 86. It's like, okay, I just don't, I don't know if they just get out there under the bright lights and it gets to them more than it used to. Or is it just, we didn't notice how bad it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or uh, has it really gotten that much worse? But it's, it's painful because it's like, all right, these are supposed to be free points for you. And you would think like high school, you could probably make like, what, what would be a good number? 75? Yeah. I, I think if it, it's like 50, yeah. it's like 55 is like the norm at this point. Well, and, and with the amount of fouls that are called in these games now, I mean, pretty much every game we go to 40 plus. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's both, it's double bonus. Both teams, both halves. And it's just some of these teams, um, especially some of the the lower end teams in the league that struggle to score, like in the half court, they're just leaving so many points on the board by not being able to even, you know, adequately sixty five to seventy percent would would change a lot of these teams' fortunes. But it's just it's something that we've noticed the last couple of years, and it doesn't seem to be getting particularly better. So 
Just thought no, I'd get you your input think, on that. You would think with all the yeah the practice they should be getting in games, mm-hmm. uh, especially early this season. And then maybe that's just the case every season as reps are trying to figure out what the emphasis is and players are shaking the rust off or something. But these early games, it seems like, are even – they hopefully will get better as the season goes along, I guess. But the early ones always seem to be the ones that have no rhythm and flow because it's just tweet, 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 whistle, whistle, whistle. All right, a couple more things. We'll let you get back to dinner. Um, the Parker boys was one team that I was particularly interested in watching just because um, their uh, their coach, Matt Bredesen, who was very active with them over the summer. They have a lot of players back from last year that saw a lot of RCD minutes. They lost Tremar Curry, who basically led them in minutes, led them in scoring, did a lot of different things. You just kind of got to replace all that. But they seem to have a pretty good freshman kid, and they got their first road victory in the Big 8. Um, in almost five years, and I, I'm just kind of curious. Like Dan mentioned, the, ba- the 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 preseason rankings and the predictions and stuff. I'm curious about how much improved this Parker team will be and how many more steps forward they can take because West Side basketball on the boys' side has not been uh, particularly uh, fruitful for the last couple of seasons. Right. Uh, I, oh, yeah. A couple, maybe even going back. Like 40. A decade, a decade, like 40. 40 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they won that state championship that one time. They and did. Then, uh, other they than did. that. Um, I think they're looking at it the right way. I think they're looking at it for the long haul. And I think Coach Bredesen is there not just to try to make a splash here in a year or two. And he's been pretty honest about that. And so I think it's just a matter of seeing them take steps forward. And, you know, like you said, winning that road game and kind of shaking that curse off a little bit is one of those steps. And I think as long as you keep seeing those steps forward, I don't think we can sit here and expect like, okay, they're going to go out and win 14 games this year. But if you just win a couple more each year, all of a sudden when these soft, you know, when this junior class of seniors next year, maybe they're contending or at least for like a top half spot in the league. You just have to keep taking those strides forward. And uh, a lot of times with uh, the teams in the conferences where you're the kind of the smaller underdog enrollment-wise, you have to build up the belief again that it's possible for you to have success. And uh, I think we've seen that from a couple of Parker teams in general, like the volleyball team this fall helped kind of show, hey, like we can be successful, but it's not going to be every year and you have to work for it. And I think uh, the boys' basketball team could be the next one because, like you said, they've got some young players. They've got a good junior class this year. Um, one, you know, I think once they get another year or two under their belt and they keep just keep pushing forward, uh, good things are going to happen for them. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, I know you're a big Badger fan. What What's going on with this basketball team up there? Uh, they're shooting... 40% from three at home and 20% from three on the road. I mean, is it, is it, is, is it as simple as that? Um, is, Mike, I, is Micah Potter going to make uh, a big enough difference as, you know, as a, as a post player that's going to, to get these guys cleaner looks on the perimeter? I mean, um, because I, I was at a Christmas party on Friday with a lot of Badger fans, and Let's just say there wasn't a lot of optimism going forward for the season. So just no, want to get your I, I thoughts. Wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I had a whole lot either. I didn't uh, really haven't. I didn't even think about turning the game on Saturday. I was kind of bouncing around watching high school stuff anyway. But 
I, I kind of had gone from the, you know, you're usually like, oh, what's the next game? When's, when's it on? What time? To a point where I was like, I don't even really care what the next game is for right now because these last couple of games have been so bad that I just need to take a break from it. And then I start getting messages like, oh, what's, who's this team? Where did this come from? And I guess that's just what it's going to be this year. I think it's just going to be wildly inconsistent, which is really infuriating, I think, for people who have followed Wisconsin for a long time because the one thing you could count on was consistency and fundamentals and things like that, and you can't clearly count on that night in and night out from this group. I guess if Saturday showed anything, it's that at least they can, when they do, when they're on, the, they're going to be able to compete with some teams, which I guess is good, but gal, the nights when they're off, it's just, you turn it off. It's so hard to watch. Guys just fumble around with the ball, throw it away, can't make shots. It's, I, I'd say I'm in the camp with your friends for Friday night, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to give them another chance based on what they did against Indiana. Well, it, yeah, it, it does make it tough to watch that. I mean, we spend enough times in gyms watching game full of games full of bricks. <laughs> you know, when you go when you go home and watch the watch the teams that you like in your own free time, it uh, it's not that fun. I was like, I can handle the bricks if you like move the ball around and get an open look, and the shots just not going in. But they're just forcing stuff up, and guys who think they make one shot and they think they need to make the next five big plays, and it's like you don't—that's not what this team is. So you guys need to figure it out. All right, Eric, appreciate you jumping on, my friend, and we will see you at a high school gymnasium in the near future. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right, man. That's Gazette Sports Editor Eric Schmoltz jumping in with the uh, high school scene, which we have a busy week. We got five games, uh, one Tuesday night in Oconomowoc, Parker Craig Boys, which is always fun. Uh, that's on Thursday. Friday should be a, a good one. Uh, the Craig Girls in Sun Prairie. Yeah. Then we got a double dip yeah. of, uh, of boys hoops, Parker Sun Prairie on Saturday afternoon. Then we're going up to the Craig Boys and uh, back with the DJ in Verona. Mm. On was, he, was, he, was he there the oh, other yeah, night? Cranking yeah. the tunes out nice. on, on Friday night. Absolutely. So that is a, a little extended edition of the intentional foul for this week. Appreciate you being with us. Again, you can subscribe wherever podcasts are found and uh, tell your friends about us. We appreciate all the shares that we see on social media. Absolutely. And uh, you can always fire us a topic or uh, uh, a question or anything, and we would love to uh, hash it out here. Uh, as we do every week. Yeah, give me some shit. Tell me to get going on this NBA podcast. <laughs> Christ, pull your head out of your ass, honors. <laughs> All right, that will uh, that will do it for this week. The uh, Bucks are coming up, so yep. thank you for listening. As always, tell your friends. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.